Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> My name's Caitlin. My name is Sarah. And we're back with another episode of Crime and Punishment. Yes. I'm so excited. I've been waiting to record. Been so excited. I, I feel like it's been forever since we've recorded last. It has. <laughs> it has. I know technically two weeks. we're on schedule yeah, because we're we are posting Monday. But we were going to record last Monday to post like a little special Halloween episode. Yeah. Didn't happen. No. No. <laughs> Life got crazy. Yeah. For some reason. The past like just two weeks started have hitting. Been kicking our butts. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely. Sure. It's been like uh, literally panic attacks. <laughs> tears. Have a bagel every once in a while and like keep ourselves alive. Yep. So. So true. It's been rough. So we're we're, 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 we're recording. That's the important part. We made it. Y'all are getting an episode on time. Yes. That's. that's that's the, the point. Yes. It's a, it's a tight squeeze, but we are doing it. Yeah. So, um, book updates. I got? finished Rebecca. <sighs> That's right. <laughs> Not the side. That's the one that I ruined because it was supposed to be a Christmas present. Yeah. Um, and I started another book, but I can't talk about it because it's also a Christmas present. Well, I'm reading a couple things, but I haven't read in like a week now. So my brain is kind of going blank. I know I'm reading... The notebook that was also yep. a Christmas present for Caitlin and I ruined that one as well. Yep. Um. I said something about because I I hate the movie. I'm not a fan of it. Never have been. But I decided because I know Caitlin. She. I know you told me you liked that movie. I've never seen that. Movie. I know. <laughs> but you told me at one point in time that you liked that movie, mm-hmm. and that's why I was just like, even though I I don't know why I have that in my head. If you've never seen it, but in my head I remember you telling me that. Yeah. So I got the book for Christmas to give to her, and I so I'm reading it before I gave it to her. So. And I got spoiled, but that's what I'm reading right now. As far as I can remember, the only thing I'm reading, and I'm reading The Time Traveler's Wife still. So, yep. There's two books. Um, life updates? Anything happening in your life? No. You've got a Christmas show you're doing. Yeah. Christmas play at the church. Yep. <laughs> doing a dance for it. Yeah. Just choreographing some dances. Yeah. Which is pretty exciting. Just one. Thank goodness. Shh. Just one dance. <laughs> Don't make it sound less cool. <laughs> It's just fun dance with little girls and they it's exciting it's exciting i don't like christmas but caitlin does i well listen i wouldn't say that i like christmas just for some reason this year i'm very much in the christmas spirit yeah I'm already not. i'm one of those people that's like no christmas music if until after thanksgiving but like this year i'm like i'm putting up my christmas tree tomorrow can't it's saturday the fourth i can't christmas bro. tree is going up there's no way it's november <laughs> I I think I need it for my mental health. <laughs> she said, I'm sad. Bring out the Christmas trees. I have one of those little like um, vintage lights. It's like a light and it like spins. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those. Well, not a whole lot going on in my life. Um, <laughs> Solid. Yep. I feel like I've been going crazy with school. I feel like there's been so much lately. Literally. Um, this class that I'm in right now is kicking my butt yeah, for no I reason. Picked up my fifth class for the semester that started right after fall break. And it is, it has been, I, the thing is, it's a one class that actually really I'm enjoying, but there's so much work <laughs> that that's what's kicking my butt. So it, it is what it is. But my class is just, it's on Warren Revolution. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it's been, uh, Barf! been interesting no that's not that interesting <laughs> i don't care about half of it no talking about the french revolution and napoleon bonaparte i'm like mm. i could care less yeah me too <laughs> people got beheaded at the end of it but interesting we're into no, that's my kind of stuff oh i know she is yeah so yeah um halloween was good what did you go as <laughs> i was like i was at work <laughs> <laughs> you still dressed up i did dress up i was ellie sattler from jurassic park yes i dressed up as captain jack sparrow so 
Like, I didn't tell Taylor you. Swift. Oh she yeah, had two, she had a costume change in the middle of the day. Yeah, well, I did. That's how you know you're a cool kid. You, you yeah. change costumes in the middle of the day. Yeah, I did the Taylor Swift "You Belong with Me" like jewel, junior jewel T-shirt for a thing we did on campus, uh, trunk or treat. But then I went home and I drew on a little mustache and a little beard yeah. and and put on a little headband and I was Captain Jack Sparrow. So it was cold on Halloween too. Yeah, we, I went trick or treating, bro. I had several people tell I went, me several people that I know that have kids. They're like. We went to like six houses and then had to go home. My kid was That's shivering. And I said, <laughs> so it was cold. Oh my gosh. It was cold. It was cold. All right. Well, I guess we can just go ahead and get right into it. Our, do you want to announce our theme for this week? Our theme for this week, because I had already kind of started researching when we were planning the Halloween episode. Right. Um, our theme this week is cults. Cults. <laughs> With a U, not an O. Yeah. There was some confusion about that earlier. <laughs> yeah. We were talking to someone. They said cults. With an O? We're like, no. No, cult with a U. With a U. Like satanic yeah. cult. He goes, oh. Yeah. I don't know where the disconnect was because I never had the moment of disconnect. No. But yeah, we're doing, we're doing cults this week. So I'm excited. I Let me tell you, I have been putting off like researching my case for days just because I haven't had the time. She really has. Yeah. So this morning... This morning at like eight in the morning, I was like, all right, I got to figure out what I'm doing and I got to do all the research. So I spent like four to five hours today doing all the research. And let me tell you, I went into the biggest rabbit hole of my entire life. I have See, eight pages worth of notes right now. I think I have four for mine. Um, mine, it's kind of like a rabbit hole type thing <laughs> or like a domino effect. Yeah. It's like one thing led into another. Right. So. Well, do you want to go know. first? You want to rock, paper, scissors? How do you want to do this? <laughs> you want to rock, paper, scissors? For All right, it? ready? Ready. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You win. You Yay! go first. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Halloween night, as we said, because we were planning to do Halloween murders, but. <laughs> and then it got changed. It is now November. So. Anyway, Halloween night, 1981, 39-year-old photographer Ronald Sisman and his 19-year-old Smith College student girlfriend, Elizabeth Platzman, by the way. Sources were conflicted on whether they were just friends or whether they of were, course they were. <laughs> in a relationship. Um, they were supposedly having a photo shoot in Sisman's third floor duplex in Manhattan, New York. The duplex housed two photography businesses run by Sisman. And sometime before 7 p.m., the couple heard loud banging on the door. Oh. Sisman gets up to investigate, opening the door to see what was causing the commotion. Sidebar. I guess they thought it might have been like a Halloween prank because I don't know many people that like go trick or treating in an apartment complex. Me neither, but I've heard it's happened. <laughs> I, I didn't grow up in an apartment, but, so I don't uh, know. But no, for sure. <laughs> me either. Um, someone was banging on my door. I would be like, no. Like, it's 7 <laughs> o'clock. It's already dark outside. Yeah, but it's only 7 o'clock. But it's dark outside. Like, we never went cricket treating before 7 o'clock. That's fair, but again, the apartment complex... <laughs> I'm not gonna trick. I'm not gonna take my kid trick or treating. Yeah, in but an he's apartment a man. complex. They're not scared yeah. of stuff like no, that. No, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, since Sisman opened the door, which what ends up being a fatal mistake, um, there was no forced entry or sign of such in the apartment. It's likely that within minutes of gaining entry into the apartment, the killer or killers. I'll get into that in multiple later. <laughs> Um, beat both Sisman and Platzman and shot them execution style with reports saying Sisman was shot four times and Platzman was shot three so they could go to the apartment to search for what they wanted. So robbery. Is it? If they're looking for something. Right? Or is it a burglary? Is, robbery is there a difference? Yeah, I think so. All right. keep. Going. I think burglary, <laughs> they just like 
and then rivalry they like take stuff what does mean <laughs> they, <laughs> they like go through your like they just yeah they're, they're taking your stuff no they don't take it in a burglary they just break in and like i'm sorry so burglary you're telling me I'm they just Google break it. in and rifle through and then walk out and don't take anything what's the point i'm pretty sure they're the same thing i don't think they are hold on hold on they are. they're actually different crimes the most important thing to remember is that burglary involves entering a home or a building illegally, whether or not something is stolen. Robbery involves taking property from a person through threats or fear of harm. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. Anyway, so some background on the couple. Sisman had been involved in a Hollywood scandal the year prior, 1980, with actress Melanie Holler and producer Roy Radin. Melanie was found bloody, having been raped and beaten on a train in Manhattan after attending a party at Radin's house. Melanie's goal at the party was to make connections after getting her big break in Hollywood, and she had been introduced to Radin by Sisman. The photographer. Interesting. Because of this connection in the Holler Raiden sex drug scandal, there was also reports of like a gun being involved. All right. Don't know. Beautiful. <laughs> Love that detail. The media painted Sisman as a drug dealer. Sisman, as I mentioned, was a photographer and ran two photography businesses out of his apartment. The photography businesses and projects he had worked on prompted investigators to believe the apartment had been ransacked and the couple murdered because the assailants were looking for something Sisman had on film. Ooh, all right. Yes. Yeah, Number so. one, I don't, the whole like, like setting up or having like a, your own like photography studio in your own apartment. Not, not just never, one, two. Never sits Why right with me. Why does he have two separate ones? Never sits right with me. I'll never, Supposedly, ever. Elizabeth Platzman was also a model. Still. I know, but what I'm saying is, you're going to tell me that they weren't taking oh, no, it, photos no. to be distributed For sure. elsewhere. For sure. You're me he didn't have stuff like that in his apartment. Exactly. In the early 80s. Uh, Elizabeth Platzman was from a well-to-do family in Long Island and attended private schools her entire life. Their family house was a designated landmark on their street, and she would often give tours to visitors. Imagine... <laughs> Of their house. Tours to visitors of their house. Why? (laughs) Because they're bougie, rich, white people. That's crazy, (laughs) dude. I would never, no matter how rich I am. That's bonkers. Yeah. She was described by a variety of people as being a sweet, gentle, sensitive, and kind young woman. I assume she had been introduced to Sisman through her cousin, whose husband was partnered with him in the photography business. She lived in Long Island, and Sisman lived in Manhattan. Okay. There's a lot of like wires that cross here. And oh, there's for like sure. I'm trying to keep it straight. Almost no information on anything. Really? Yeah. Like I said, couldn't really find anything else on her other than college friends saying that her photographic interests lean towards flowers, not pornography. Prompting <laughs> <laughs> was a quote from her college friends. What? So um I think Did you find any like the pictures online? No. There oh. are no pictures. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Not but mind. like Sisman, he was like Hugh Hefner-esque, I well, would assume. I, I assume, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like, hmm, all right. Hmm. Odd. So this murder case is still unsolved. <laughs> cool. I mean, not cool, but like, <laughs> I like those things. So, however, because I needed more for this case than just that. While in jail for the involvement in the Son of Sam's murders, serial killer David Berkowitz, known as Son of Sam or the 44 caliber killer. Have you he heard of him? terrifies me. I have had my, my own little deep dive into this man. For real? Like a year ago. Yeah. Okay. He freaks me out. 
scares me. Have you seen a picture of him? Yeah. He's scary. <laughs> He's scary. Stated that the couple had been killed by cult member associates of his looking to retrieve a film Sisman had. It's suspected that the killing was connected to the satanic cult that Berkowitz was supposedly a part of. Um, they had apparently hired Sisman to film a video for them. This cult connection is important because Sisman may have had also some recordings of the son of Sam's killings. What? Supposedly. They're gone. Oh, no way, dude. Could you imagine <laughs> stumbling upon that? Right. Oh, my gosh. Um, this brings us to the son of Sam murders. <laughs> Between July 1976 and July 77, deadly shootings throughout New York City terrorized residents, left six people dead and seven to nine people wounded. Though victims were chosen at random and ranged from 15 to 20 years old, he oh, whoa. He only ever targeted women, although he also targeted men if necessary. Right. With this lady and claimed that he had been commanded to shed the blood of pretty girls. <laughs> I thought He's was scary. Crazy. <laughs> I know. Police began finding notes of the crime scenes after they started their manhunt through the city, taunting and mocking police for their inability to find the man that they had been calling 44 caliber killer, mm -hmm. but who identified himself soon after as the son of Sam. There's also some weird symbol he uses to sign his notes. <laughs> Um, and he claimed that a demon was controlling him through a dog, yeah. something like that. It, it's it's fuzzy. It depends on who yeah. you ask. <laughs> um, but later in jail, told detectives that he had made the demon story up. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Apparently, he claimed, oh, I was possessed by a demon. And then he was like, nah, I, remember, I wasn't possessed by a demon. That was I fake. remember the whole thing of him like claiming like like some like demon was possessing him yeah. but, like and telling him to do all this yeah. stuff. But I didn't know he like was like, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, after researching it, it seems like he was spontaneous and not doing this for the thrill of the kill, in my opinion, because he just seemed like very willy nilly and sloppy. <laughs> like if you go into like details of what happened when he was attacking these yeah. people. <laughs> so that's why I think he injured more people than he killed, because a lot of them he would just like run up on the person and be like shooting and be like within right. feet of them and not hit them. <laughs> <laughs> or like right. he'd stand next to their car and shoot through the window and only hit one person. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought, I don't we know. We all can't be good at what we do. No, for <laughs> sure. Around spring of 1977, police had come out that it seems Sam preferred young women with shoulder length or longer dark hair. This boosted the beauty industry in New York for a little bit as <laughs> women rushed out to cut and color their hair or buy a wig, <laughs> which supposedly overwhelmed wig shops. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. You I love seeing the reaction to stuff like that. That's insane. You imagine to me. someone coming in and like, I need a wig. They're like, for what? Well, I don't want. I don't want son of Sam to get me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> In a blonde, That's short blonde crazy. wig. Give me a pixie cut. <laughs> uh, June 77, son of Sam, which is Berkowitz, attacks a couple, misses, and is seen by a bystander fleeing the scene. The bystander happens to give a description of the car and a partial plate number to police, which I, I did skip a lot of the incidents of him killing people. Right. He killed a lot of people yeah. in between this, but... Um, at this point in time, we are five out of 13 people involved ending in one of them getting murdered. He had also apparently murdered his neighbor's dog at this point. His neighbor, yeah, that. Sam. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Late July 1977, son of Sam commits his final murder, killing a woman and severely injuring her boyfriend. Just before this, his, whoa. Just before his final offense, a witness stated that they saw a man carrying what she thought was a gun. Shortly after hearing gunshots, she saw the same man walking back to his car. She also told police that the man had received a parking ticket for removing a fire hydrant. Oh, lovely. 
So cars are the downfall of serial killers. I agree. I agree. Just Ted go Bundy. On foot. You don't need a car. Son of Sam. Just use a bike. Yeah. There or you a go. moped. Mm, that's not cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just don't roll up on you. No, of a serial killer. Yeah, I got on my, my, my moped and I drove off. You're <laughs> lame. 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 <laughs> what did John Wayne Gacy use? I'm sure he just had a car. You think? You never oh, hear about what like kind of car van. John Wayne Gacy had. Hold on, let's look it up. This is a random sidebar. I'm sorry. A Ford sedan, 1949. Fair enough. It's a car. Like huh? a car car. Yeah, it's a cool car. But Yeah, for sure. It's just a car. <laughs> so August... <laughs> back into the case. Yeah, back sorry, what guys. we're here for. <laughs> August 10th, 1977, 24-year-old Berkowitz, a.k.a. Son of Sam, is arrested at his home, coming out to taunt the police by saying, well, you got me. Police searched his apartment and found various satanic symbols graffitied on the wall. And Berkowitz alluded to the fact that he may not have been working alone, prompting investigators to suspect cult activity. Berkowitz pled guilty to all six murders in May 1978. During his sentencing in June of 1978, he attempted to jump from a seventh floor courtroom window, yelling that Stacy, one of his victims, was a whore and that he'd kill her and everyone else again. <laughs> oh my God, dude. He said, I'm going he out and I'm psychotic. going out big. He thought he was going to jump from the seventh floor and make it out to keep <laughs> killing people. That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. So, while... <laughs> There's been since this uh, Netflix documentary, yes. um, which I don't have Netflix, so I couldn't watch. <laughs> um, but researcher Mari Terry, though, it seems like he may have just been really obsessive over the Son of Sam murders, like <laughs> insanely obsessive, yeah. theorized that one of the cult side of this case was a satanic cult called the Children, which would have ties to the process cult. Side note, I originally could not find anything on the cult called the children and then realized that it was a branch off of the process cult um, in New York, which is why Berkowitz would have been involved with the children. Right. Yeah. Uh, Terry interviewed Berkowitz in 1997 because apparently Terry had tons of contact with Berkowitz while Berkowitz crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Berkowitz stated that a park near where he operated was a hotspot for satanic rituals. Terry even went and visited once the park and found like a bunch of sacrificed animals Can and I like satanic say, stuff. I, in my case, there's a hotspot for for um, like satanic rituals and stuff too. I've n- I never knew that was a thing. What do you mean that there was like hotspots? Like there's good spots to go do it at. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's probably like a central location to all the members. Still. But it's like, or like at least in mine, it's like generations of generations of like stuff being done there. So, and that's what, that's what, like, I guess what they consider like a hotspot for it. Like they attract stuff to be done there. I never knew that was a thing. Well, I never looked up where this park was in New York. Oh, I didn't look at where it was in relation to my knowledge of New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Anyways, I, don't I know. thought that was cool. <laughs> no, that is cool. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. There's a hotspot for satanic activity right down the road. Drive past it on my way to work. <laughs> insane <laughs> Berkowitz claimed that by attending services with the process he was slowly being introduced and inducted into Satanism Terry had received letters from an imprisoned Berkowitz who told him that satanic culture was thriving and alive in the United States isn't that crazy it is <laughs> Can you imagine? just, just when, for your information 78 yeah that was like 
They called it the uh, satanic panic. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I didn't go in to I did. that at all. Okay, good. <laughs> I did. Um, so our case is kind of. Yeah. They'll, they'll fit together. Yeah. Uh, the process cult was one Terry had tied to the children cult, like I said earlier, because the children was an off branch of it, both of which he tied back to the Son of Sam murders and the Sisman Plattsman case. So Terry himself didn't tie it back to the Plattsman case. Other people have kind of theorized that the Son of Sam, not Berkowitz himself, because he was in jail at this point, but that the children cult kind of worked and killed yeah. them. Uh, the process church of the final judgment began in the 1960s in London by former Scientologists, which they're crazy as is. <laughs> they came to America in 1967 and set up shop in New Orleans. They were linked to Charles Manson since the San Francisco chapter they had established was blocks away from Manson's address there. And it was believed that Manson had taken inspiration from them from some of the things he told investigators after his arrest. Now, why would he take? So they were claiming that they weren't a cult. The process did. Um, but the head of the process, they called themselves Omega. The two of them. The it's couple that started it. Name. <laughs> the couple that started it. And then, you know, it kind of trickled down yeah. like leadership after that. Um, but like, why would he take inspiration for his murders and his cult, Charles Manson, if he wasn't learning that from the process? If he claimed, you know, that he mean? was... Well, Charles Manson supposedly claimed and right that he got inspiration from them. So if they're not a cult well, because they obviously were no, I know, but like they make claims that they weren't a cult. I also find it funny that all of these cults never call themselves cults. They always call themselves churches. Oh, mine called itself a cult. It did? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this one this one, no. <laughs> They did not. Well, that's where all the confusion came this from. One, that's why, like, the church got such like a bad rep for a while because all these cults were calling yeah. themselves the church. Process Church of the Final Judgment. Yeah. Supposedly, <laughs> they believed that there were four gods. So it was Satan, Jehovah, Christ, and um, you got it. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what's another name for Satan. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's the name I was forgetting. Yeah, the process church had the idea that there were four, four. gods. Um, so it was Christ, Lucifer, Satan, and Jehovah. And they each had different, like, <laughs> what the too heck? good and too bad. I guess. <laughs> but, like, they each had, like, a role within no, their, like that. their theology. But they're... It was, it's, let me tell you, it was hard to find stuff on them. I agree. I had the same issue with mine. I had like a page worth of information and I was like, this is going to take me five minutes to get through. Literally. I found, I found one resource that I mean, explained everything into so Dude, much I had detail. Literally. I cannot tell you how many tabs I had open for the Sisman Plattsman case. Cause it was so hard to find information yeah. for that. And then I was kind of doing a brief overview of the Son of Sam stuff. So I had tabs open for that. And then I had 15 tabs open trying to figure out this cult. <laughs> and it was so it's difficult. confusing. I, I think Literally. part of it is they don't want it to be like, I don't know. I don't think they want all that information out. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. It, because it was hard to find stuff yeah. besides like they were a satanic cult and they killed this many people. No, exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's all you get to know. Exactly. So publicity flat. English publicity from this claim, Charles Manson claiming that he 
right. got inspiration from the process, uh, collapsed, caused the collapse of the church slash cult in the late 60s or early 70s, which is before Son of Sam. But when you think about they kind of after this split off um, right. and the different chapters just kind of changed their names, which is how we get the children cult. Right operating in new york um even though after the official process church of the final judgment collapsed it changed its name several times before now being known as the best friends animal society what the heck i don't like that i did not go into any more detail about that really i didn't find anything i looked it up and it was like they have a four-star review like what a star review apparently they like it's like they save animals i don't know yeah, i don't believe that <laughs> Yeah, it is. They changed their name. What you need to know about the Best Friend Animal Society. We're not going to get into that today. So at this time, 2023, David Berkowitz is still in jail. His parole was postponed in 2020 due to COVID. Um, and is be- he's his parole has been postponed since 2020 due to the COVID pandemic. And he is still being held in a correctional facility in New York. He has since converted to Christianity, supposedly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't. Why? Why? Sorry. I believe in redemption, but I think there's a line before redemption is no longer redeemable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. <laughs> His next parole hearing is scheduled for 2024. It appears that the process cult might still be operating in the United States, even though it's under different names. Right. Um, Mari Terry, the investigator obsessed with the son of Sam's case, has passed away, having never proven his theories. And the motive and killers in the Sisman Platzman case have never been found. Weird. <laughs> so it's still. Yeah, I like, think he's interesting. He's terrifying. Well, one of the things I read, he was like the girls call me ugly and that bothers me or something yeah. like that. He had a quote like that. He is an ugly dude. He looks like there's an actor that he looks like. Yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> Which this actor also looks like Gene Wilder. Jeremy Allen White. No. Yes. He does not look like Jeremy <laughs> Allen White. Yes, he does. No, he does yes. not. Yes. No. Yes. You're out of your mind. I'm not. Don't do that to Jeremy <laughs> Allen White. He looks like Jeremy Allen White. No, he does not. You know who he always reminds me of? <laughs> this is not going to go over well. He always reminds me of Seth Rogen. <laughs> no. Yeah, he does. Sarah Taylor. <laughs> he looks exactly like Jeremy Allen White. No, he does he not. Does. <laughs> no, he does not. That's so messed up. He does look like him. Anyone who doesn't know, Jeremy Outland White, he plays um, Lip in Shameless. He's in that new show, The Bear. <laughs> he does not look he like. He does look like him no. a little bit. I think so. Well, you're out of your mind. Who so. do you think it looks like? He looks Seth like. Seth Rogen. He doesn't look like Seth Rogen. Have I think you ever he seen does. Seth yes. Rogen? I think he looks like Seth Rogen from like middle 2000s. <laughs> if Derek's still here when we're done, I'm asking him. <laughs> I don't. He does not look like Seth I Rogen. Think that's, that's who he always reminds me of when I see a picture of Son of Sam. I think, okay, Seth Rogen. <sighs> no, yeah, you're nuts. <laughs> it's just how my brain works. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> anyway, 
that was my case. It's kind of a short Very one today. Good. I like it. I like Sinistan though. I'm not, I'm not that I like him, but like, I think it's interesting. I've never heard of him before. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's a big one. <laughs> I was saying, I'm not, which is so weird to me because after like the second one, they were like, all right, he's a serial killer now. But I'm like, yeah. he's in my serial killer calling book. <laughs> really? Yes. Is his little symbol in there? Yes. Nice. I've already colored him, so... <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard of him. And I said, huh. <laughs> I just went to the first one. It was really hard to find a case, a Halloween case. Yeah, I never looked. That fits the parameters of the college yeah. student or college age student. So I found this one on like a website that were like Halloween murders. And I said, <laughs> all right. Nice. And I did some research. And I'm like, all of the information was in that first page I was on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Okay, well bear with me mine's a little bit longer yeah there's a lot of details <laughs> yeah there's a lot it's right girl but um i think i think it's really interesting i thought it was going to be a shorter case when i picked it and then i i literally have spent the past four and a half hours reading about this stuff and i, I think it's very interesting anyways so i chose the fall river cult murders which i've never heard of i know me neither <laughs> No, the only reason I looked up a list, I literally Googled, I was like, cult murders. And this one of them popped up. The only reason I was like drawn to this case is because Fall Rivers, Massachusetts is where Lizzie Borden lived. Oh, for real? And I love Lizzie Borden. Oh my gosh. I, that is like my favorite case of all time. I think she's innocent. She's I will, not. To the day I die, I will she's defend not. her innocence. I love that woman. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, so Fall River, just like, I don't know, there's a lot of dark stuff that's happened in that cool that town and then also massachusetts salem's in massachusetts right like, the whole state is just i don't know the, weird, the weird whole energy. state is spooky it is spooky <laughs> i love it i can't wait to go <laughs> okay so again lizzie borden was that was in 19 or 1892 i'm almost positive i don't know i'm almost, I'm almost positive 1892 she if you don't know if you're crazy you know who lizzie borden is she <laughs> allegedly axed both her parents to death and she went on a whole trial she was never found guilty of the murders i still think she was she no no she just, <laughs> she just no. Me the nasty <laughs> she no <laughs> the nastiest face you've ever thrown She's to me innocent there's anyways, no way anyways I've, I've done my share with research on that one anyways so this is almost a whole century later right that's 100 years right so, yes. okay. yeah. <laughs> so we're so roughly the 1960s and 1980s is where this uh satanic panic thing yes. kind of came in that we mentioned Which earlier is funny but the cut whoa you're good sorry i got like on a history jump and i just <laughs> my words started coming out you're okay which is funny because that also coincides with the red scare really communism i don't know anything about it <laughs> communism wasn't they were the russians all right the russians were communists back, oh. back in the day back in the day there was no so satanic panic and russians <laughs> yeah nice they're both red all right right what makes you think satanic's red satan i think black you've never seen like everyone always draws like satan i guess red. a little devil yeah yeah all right all the costumes are red yeah all right i don't know what he looks like thank Me god he <laughs> said thank god Anyways, the satanic panic. So basically it was like this big panic that kind of spread across the entire country. Um, basically there was over 12,000 um, cases that 
were believed to have to do with like satanic cults bro <laughs> so that in turn just kind of sent everybody into this like new new form of panic of like now we have to worry about this <laughs> really so that's kind of the whole like, thing there's was, wars going on no for sure so um but it and thing is it's still a thing today satanic cults and stuff but between the 60s into the 90s it was like the worst of the worst yeah i'll so. say you don't really like hear about that anymore well, you also don't hear about serial killers anymore. Exactly, because it's a government cover-up. It's not. We're not getting into this. I just don't think they happen as often anymore. I don't know. There's a serial killer in California a couple months ago. Sick. All right. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. Um. So, again, this was in the 80s. This was, like, this is what they called, like, the modern-day witch hunt because people were trying to, like, hunt down these people that were part of the cults because they wanted it gone. Yeah. They wanted it out of their towns and stuff. So, again, Fall River, Massachusetts. We're in the late, like, 70s right now. There's economic recession, um, high unemployment rates, <laughs> rising crime rates. Like, everything's just going yeah, downhill. Everything's, like, falling apart. <laughs> which I... No, we we can't get into that. Go ahead, get into no, it. No, it's okay. Get into it. <laughs> it's extremely controversial. Good. Just I say think it. the sexual revolution of the sixties was the downfall of America. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I can't get into it anymore. All right, <laughs> continue. Oh, pressure. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to say it, but I'd already started talking. Um, so Fall River, Massachusetts, especially got hit hard with all these things happening. So they had factories closing. They had just like a number of abandoned buildings that just like Gary, Indiana. Exactly like Gary, Indiana. <laughs> what you're thinking? Correct. When I tell you, Gross. when I think of Fall Rivers in this context, I think of like Gotham. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Batman's on the building. I hope, bro. Someone needs to swoop in and save this place. Anyways. Um, so their whole like little nice downtown area turned into a dump. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was just, it was going, it was going, it was, it was falling apart. So all of this was like the perfect like stomping ground for the city to turn into like a home for drug dealers and prostitution. That's now what the city like ran off of. <laughs> Illegal activity. Hey, it's some sort of a, there's money moving. I guess. <laughs> so um, we, again, but you have like drug dealing and prostitution going on. Murder is bound to happen. That's just how it works. It's a simple math equation. Um, so on October 13th, 1979, a body was found behind one of the high schools. This body belonged to 17 year old Doreen. I'm going to butcher her last name. Sick. We're going to not judge me for it. I will. So her name is Doreen Livesque. I think, I think she's Hispanic. Okay. I don't really know, but All I right. can't pronounce it anyway. So her wrist had been bound together with fishing lines. There was signs of sexual torture. She had been stabbed in the head several times and suffered multiple skull fractions. Oh my gosh. Uh, they, it was brutal. Oh <laughs> my gosh. So police discovered her and they found out after a little, little digging that she was a prostitute and she had ran away from home at some point, I guess was like living on the streets by herself. Right. <laughs> um, and they initially suspected one of her clients to be responsible for the murder. Okay. Right. Um, so... <laughs> I think a big thing, a lot of killers, they always go for prostitutes and stuff and sex workers because no one's looking for them. Right. They don't have like good family. Right. Relationships. So like usually that's like the like the first thing people look at is like, okay, it's probably 
people who bought the service. Oh my gosh, just like Jack the Ripper. Exactly. I think because Jack the no Ripper one's really looking woman. for them. They're not going to file a missing right. person's case, you know? Yeah. Anyways, so that, that's, that's a very um, prominent um, trend in these is prostitution. All right. <laughs> So the coroner decided that the killing was more than likely done by a group of people rather than a single individual. Um, forensic scientists had decided that there was a ritual element to the crime because it seemed like she had death by stoning. All right. Which I thought was interesting. I haven't heard of stoning in any of the cases I've really looked at no, before. Yeah. So what the heck? Yeah. Um, so something else you should know about Fall River at this time, it was believed to be ruled by Satan. <laughs> was like a slogan going heck? around. Ain't that crazy? I read that and my jaw dropped. I said, oh, he was the leader of Paul River, I guess, for a while. <laughs> um, so at least like the underworld of the city was like completely satanic. All right. Which is bonkers to me. Um, so firsthand success. Whoa, success. <laughs> firsthand sources say that during this time, there was a cult of devil worshipers who took direction from Satan himself. And in return, Satan expected um, sacrificial blood and human souls to be given to him. Which, if that's the case, and they're thinking that these murders of these prostitutes are from Satan worshippers, mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense to me. What do you mean? Why would they not find someone that's like innocent and clean? Okay, I don't think Satan had like specifics. He just said, give me a soul. But that would make more sense to me. I don't know. If I was a Satan worshipper to go find like... <laughs> We're not Satanists. I, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're in their heads. Right. But they're like, crazy and they're head of body's uh, body. Okay. Right. But like, in my opinion, why? I don't know. Well, I think part of it is if they go and find the purest person alive. Right. They're going to get caught before they can do another sacrifice. You don't know that. Are you crazy? The <laughs> odds are against them. You don't know that. I do. That. We just murdering a prostitute we and just, murdering like like the priest's daughter. We just established that we weren't Satan worshippers. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Why are you advocating for them? Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, continue. <laughs> Anyways, a month later, a man named Andy Maltese again can't pronounce his name very well. Maltese, Maltese. I don't know. The spelling's weird. Um, he visits the Fall River Police Station and he wants to file a missing persons report for his 22-year-old girlfriend, Barbara Raposa. All right. Okay. So she's important too. Let's keep her in mind. Okay. Barbara. So Barbara. <laughs> Barbara um, had something in common with our first victim, Doreen. She was also a prostitute. She's now missing. Okay. So here's where things- Imagine your girlfriend being a prostitute. I agree. I thought <laughs> when I read that earlier too, I was just like, it was so casually thrown in there. Like, oh yeah, my girlfriend's a prostitute and she's gone missing. <laughs> what homie all right you can do better brother <laughs> move out of massachusetts <laughs> for real bro be packing my bags so this is where things get a little bit weird he tells the police <laughs> this, this is where they get weird yeah, this is where it gets all weirder right. it just keeps getting weird i don't no, know for sure he tells the police that he's worried about his girlfriend barbara and then quietly mumbles something about a satanic cult how did he know? <laughs> they were going to the meetings? <laughs> he said, my neighbor Bob down the street said, mm, I don't know, cold. He just I tells Barbara, <laughs> I'm really worried about Barbara and then mumbles something about the cult. Hey, my girlfriend, she's a prostitute. I need to file a missing persons report. <laughs> Files the report. Honestly, yeah, I might have been a cult. I don't know. <laughs> like, what? 
So he quietly claimed, quietly <laughs> mumbles to himself that he might have information relating to Lev's quick murder. Levisick murder? I can't say her last name. To Doreen's murder. There you go. Just call Bas- her Doreen. The, I said I did majority of this. I yeah. called her Doreen. But basically he mumbles that he has information about Doreen's So murder. we're going to say that this dude's not part of the cult. <laughs> Look at a little suspicious there. No, for sure. <laughs> He'd be number one on my list. I'd be like, oh, you gotta come to the back, exactly. buddy. <laughs> so exactly. That's come exactly what they did. <laughs> so with no leads, they basically arranged for a formal interview to be done so they can like ask this weird man, like, what, what are you talking about, pal? You're mumbling about cults and we think you might not be right in the head. No, exactly. So note about Andy, he is continuously noted as unstably creepy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He started out creepy, bro. <laughs> yeah. he, oh, maybe he's so, a pimp. He wishes. Sorry. <laughs> he's not she cool goes, enough. I have insider information and Andy cannot be a pimp. <laughs> he cannot be a pimp. He can't. <laughs> he's a pedophile. Oh my a sexual gosh. sadist, a violent rapist, and quote unquote, a newly recent devout Christian. This this went haywire. Yeah. How he's did, terrible. How did you find out about that? That one website. It gave him How everything. did they find out that he well, was he a has, pedophile? He has a criminal like record. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We were just giggling and then all of a sudden <laughs> he's a pedophile he is. and a sadist. We don't trust Andy. Anyways. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So again, he's a recent, he's a new Christian, just joined the church. Um, so did Ted Bundy. Exactly. And didn't do anything for so him. He starts his interview before the police can even ask him a question. He starts his interview by saying, Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. Once I worship Satan, but now I worship Jesus. That's what I'm saying. He was part of the freaking cult. <laughs> before he even oh. asked a thing, he's like, hey, don't look at me because I love Jesus. <laughs> this dude said, crazy. Jesus is always the answer. He's crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, so basically, police obviously find this extremely weird and start probing him about no, for sure, Satanism. dude. They're like, hey, what do you, what's up with what this? What do you know about the underground yeah. cult worshiping in this town? So according to Andy's statement, he finally admitted that him and his girlfriend, Barbara, were practicing Satanists. I freaking called it. At the time of her disappearance. So uh, when I say newly Christian. Like literally yesterday. Dave, yesterday. <laughs> he he went to the church and got sprinkled on before he yes. went to the police station before he went to the police literally newly meaning like hours prior he was like oh i'm a christian now he's like i know that they're gonna think i'm creepy so i might as well have a backup exactly. plan are you kidding andy. Have something andy. On my side. so they were both members of this cult um and in his statement he goes on to say that doreen was also involved with the cult group prior to her murder so he claimed to have no direct knowledge of the crime but told police that he believed the cult to be responsible of all of it so is Andy going to end up dead? I can't tell you that. That's a yes. <laughs> I can't tell you nothing. So police were skeptical of him because his story sounded crazy. Um, but Andy insisted that they had to believe him. And he offered to arrange a meeting with two other cult members who he was sure had more direct information relating to the case. What? Right? It just gets crazy. It doesn't make sense. What is going on? So this, this is, is a where- big acid trip, dude. <laughs> This is where Karen Marsden and Robin Murphy entered the story. These are two women who at the time were rumored to be dating. It's a whole weird thing. It's a cult. They're all kind of dating. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Karen was a 20-year-old single mother. She was a runaway and a drug addict. Sick. And police notes described her as emotional and extremely nervous. Um, which like would any be- woman? <laughs> what? What? What'd you say? <laughs> that is like nothing. <laughs> 
This would be the complete opposite of Robin. She was 17 years old and noted as being cold, deliberate, and completely calculated. Um, she was a prostitute. She was raised on the streets and she was extremely smart. Um, at least police thought she was Street like... Street smart. She was. She was very intelligent for some reason, even though she didn't go to school. She's probably a psychopath too. She is. She is. Anyways. <laughs> So when they were interviewed, the girls said that they didn't know Andy very well. He was just somebody they quote unquote knew from around the corner. Whatever that Maybe means. Maybe he was also a prostitute. I believe so. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> she said, no, no, no. That's not my theory. No. So throughout the interview, Murphy remained silent, which is Robin. She remained silent, studying the officers and occasionally uh, scowling at her friend. Um, in later testimony, Robin would claim that Karen did all of the talking, rambling and rambling on until she eventually broke down in tears and told police Carl Drew killed Doreen. So here's where Carl comes in. All Carl, right. Carl scares me. <laughs> so Carl Drew was not a stranger to the Fall River Police Station. Um, he was 26 year old. He was a pimp who ran his work in the underworld of Fall River. All right. Um, he was abused as a child. There was this weird little like thing they threw into the article, which I thought was so random. But to like, I guess, like verify that, yeah, he was abused as a child. There was a little little note in there that said his father tied a rope around his feet and lowered him into a well to retrieve dead rats as a boy. <laughs> like what? It was just thrown in there. I said, you got to get him out somehow. <laughs> That's not really being abused. Just being helpful on the farm. No, you what don't do, you do that to your kid. How are you supposed to get the dead rats out? You don't. It's well water. They were drinking don't from the send well. your kid down there. Crawl down there yourself. <laughs> a grown adult. I'm sorry, you would tie a rope around your child's feet and toss him down a well to get the dead he rats? He didn't toss him. He lowered him down. Still, you tell me you'd do that? If my kid, if I asked, Haven would do it. If I told Haven, said, hey, we need to get these dead rats. I'm going to give you a bucket. We need to get these dead rats out of, Haven would out of the well. She'd go like, sure. Yeah, but not every kid is like Haven. If Haven said no, would you do it? No. Okay, I'm pretty sure Carl said no. You don't know that. But Carl claimed it was abuse. Maybe he just felt that way. Anyways, we're not arguing about rats. He was just rats. trying to... <laughs> Maybe he was just trying to back up his insanity. Anyways, I just thought that was crazy. I've never heard of that in my entire life. Gotta get him out somehow. No. You would have thought after like lowering your kid in once or twice to get dead rats out, they would have covered the freaking well better. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It was so random. So basically after all the rats like searching in the well, he ran away from home. He was living in New Hampshire. He ran away from home at 14 years old. He stumbled upon Fall River and he made that his new home and he never left. Um, so he had a direct connection to Doreen. He was her pimp. All right. <laughs> um, beyond that, there was nothing really linking him to the victim. Um, but police were sure that Carl was capable of the vicious murder. So they pushed Karen to keep talking. But she decided that she had talked enough and she wasn't going to say anymore. Um, so even after after being offered witness protection for cooperation, she shook her head and said, if I turn up dead, it would be Drew who's responsible. And she left the police station. Fair enough. So she was scared of the interview, um, telling authorities that she feared for her life and call, calling Carl Drew the devil. So basically she started talking and then got really freaked out because she realized what she was doing and thought yeah. that he was going to come after her. So the media was referring to this case as a case that mirrored the Manson family. Right. Um, because it was so... How weird that we both ended up... Isn't it weird? I thought that too when you were talking. I didn't want to say it yet. <laughs> How um, weird. So Karen claimed that Drew organized a satanic coven um, and disguised it as a prostitution ring. 
um, okay. that he ruled it, that he basically was like the leader of the whole thing. Yeah. That was Karen's, Karen's prerogative on it. Um, he would threaten, quote unquote, Satan will take his soul. Well, not his soul. <laughs> Satan will take his toll, making them all believe their souls to be sacrificed and cast into the pits of hell if they didn't do what he said. So, okay. <laughs> he Where are they going to go if they do follow Satan? To hell. Yeah. <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like yeah, That's exactly what that dude just said. <laughs> so please remain in contact oh with Karen um, during the case if she ever wanted to talk about more details. And she did. Quickly, Karen and another cult member named Carol took authorities to a nearby forest. I don't like how many people from the cult are being involved. Just coming up and being like, hey, we're done with this. We're going to tell you everything about it. Except Weird, for Karen. Huh? Yeah. Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> They're all up on cult. I don't understand what's going on. It's it's confusing. Yeah. So basically. Well, I'm keeping up with it. Okay. Because it took me a while to figure oh, it out I'm earlier. I'm keeping up with okay. it. I'm just like. I don't trust that. Wanda. It's just like, what's as soon as name? you like figure. Who? Robin? Robin. Yeah, me neither. I don't trust her. <laughs> I never did. It's like as the mother a little of suspicious. So Karen took another cult member, Carol, and the police. Yes. To this big forest. It was a state forest. And in this forest is where they held their cult gatherings at night. Fair enough. Um, they passed a pool of water and Karen made sure to point out to the police that that was where Carl said he would dump her body after injecting her veins with battery acid and offering her soul to Satan if she ever talked to the police. Could you imagine dying like that? Crazy, Battery right? acid? See, and that's the thing. It's noted constantly in this article that Carl's like creativity with the murders was never seen before. It was so crazy. <laughs> what the heck yeah weird um so another girl who had been arrested for prostitution got a tongue lashing from carl who told her quote unquote i'll kill you i'll tie you to a tree and be sacrificed and pour warm blood from a live goat all over your face <laughs> he was a dark man <laughs> so he's the ringleader of this that's, cult that's what that's what um that was karen's what she's telling the police is hey he's in charge not okay. that everyone else is like backing her up and saying like yeah he's He's the head of our group here. Okay. Um, so police felt they had their murder suspect. What Carl. if they're all lying? Just wait. <laughs> I knew it. All right. Um, Carl's the least of our worries. <laughs> no. no. Anyways, so <laughs> police felt they had their murder suspect, which was Carl. However, the plot thickens once again. Oh my gosh. Robin Murphy comes back into the story. Oh my gosh. So she was the cult member who was interviewed with by the police with Karen. Um, she's now being looked at as a suspect. Um, yeah. Basically. <laughs> again, she's 17 years old. And? Just, just saying, it's crazy to me. In my head, she looks like um, Aubrey Plaza. What's her name? Aubrey. Really? Do you know who that is? Yeah, I know who that is. Is that her name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if I had her first name right. You're right. Yeah. But in my head, that's what she looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The bird like features. Yeah. That's what I have in my and head. Just like flat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically Robin had a dark side that wasn't initially brought to light originally. I could have told you that. <laughs> I was getting we vibes. I was getting vibes. No, for sure. So even before she got involved with the Fall River Court, she had been dabbling in Satanism on her own. Um, she was. How prone- do you casually get into Satanism? That's what I'm saying, bro. What do you mean just like dabbling in? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This she, is not like picking up a hobby. <laughs> she would casually just start sacrificing stuff. I guess. 
Don't ask me no. this is Robin's story. No, no. <laughs> she was prone to violence and not considered to be psych- uh, psychologically stable. So she had some issues. None of these people are. They're in a no. cult. <laughs> so new body. Barbara's now found dead, which was Andy's girlfriend. He went to go yes, file a the report for. Girlfriend. Right. So January 26th. 1980, the frozen and bloodied corpse of Barbara was found in the woods behind an abandoned printing factory. Her wrists were tied together with a fishing line, just like her other victim. Right. Um, she had been sexually assaulted, just like the other victim. Right. And her skull had been crushed with a rock, just like her other victim. All right. <laughs> so, reminder. At least they're consistent. Say that again. At least they're consistent. You're right. They got, they got, they got, they got their little patterns. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said, hold on, guys. Did y'all wrap it around the same amount of times yeah. on their wrist? Make, make, hey, make sure we got the fishing line. <laughs> Don't forget it. <laughs> um, so police quickly connected the dots between these two cases. Um, Andy was instantly interviewed again as he was the last one to have seen her alive. But I mean, hold on. It makes me wonder how long they were operating before they started killing people. Right. I don't know. Because like all of a sudden That's people scary. just turn up dead. Right. Also, why are we leaving dead bodies? Why can't we just dispose of them by eating them? Well, I think Satanism and cannibalism are two different things. <laughs> I think they could go hand in hand. They could, but I don't think they always do. <laughs> anyway, that's just my two cents. Continue. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Then they would have never gotten caught. Well, I mean, bones would have been found. Maybe eventually. Yeah. But like not as soon as a dead body turning up. You're telling me they didn't want to be found. Where was the first girl found by a school? Behind her school. Out of the bleachers. Exactly. You imagine. Why are we leaving bodies in a public place? And there's a dead body down there. Why are we leaving bodies in a public place? Well, maybe they wanted to get caught for the name. You know what I mean? (sighs) The infamacy. All right. Anyways. So Andy denied any knowledge of the murder. And then a few days. He knew about the cult. Listen to this. Listen, no, because I, I just know I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just read no, what I was fine. about to say, and you're gonna you're gonna flip out on this one. Okay, <laughs> I read this earlier I, and I flipped out already. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just no, 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 it. you're fine. So Andy denies knowing anything about this murder, and then he calls back a couple days later to the police station and says, "I had a magical psychic dream that just gave me all of the details about this murder." <laughs> what? 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 Are those his words? <laughs> when I tell you details I mean like everything about the murder so so many drugs no for sure I had a what magical (laughs) or what mystical magical psychic dream magical psychic dream yes that gave him all the details about the murder (laughs) yeah because you were there bro (laughs) is he the dude listen So police Carl, play along. That's the other guy's name. Carl. Carl. Carl Drew. So police play along and they bring Andy to the crime scene, um, basically allowing him to just go for it and describe everything he knows, everything he saw in this dream. And this so this is like freaking um, what's her face? Lorraine. Yeah, Lorraine what? If you all have seen the conjuring movie, there's this one scene where she's like going through as if she yeah. is the person like murdering 
Anyway, oh, shows his like out of body experience, right? He's he's walking around this crime scene. Basically, he knew exactly where the woman woman's body had been discovered. The girlfriend, right? His girlfriend, exactly his girlfriend. The positioning of her, the time of death, the method of killing, and a list of other details that were not public information at the time. This dude had a stopwatch on. No, for sure, he knew everything. This man's Carl, <laughs> calling it right now. So a confused Andy was then arrested. Wait, on Andy, the what's scene. your Andy? What's your middle name? Carl. Oh. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. So, you're fine. A confused Andy was then arrested on the scene, taken into custody. Now here is where Robin starts making herself present in the case again. We don't like Robin. Remind everybody. Yeah, right. We don't she's, like Robin. She's the she's sketchy. Yeah. So she basically calls the police and tells them that she heard Andy was arrested and she's willing to testify against him for the murder. <laughs> all right yeah so she claimed to be present for doreen's murder too and would be happy to testify on that murder case as well police um agreed to give her immunity for her cooperation so she's called him up she said i have the information you need because i was there yeah. i don't know what went down give me immunity and i'll tell you everything so this is not this, survivor dude no, for sure this is robin's story of everything that happened okay so andy killed barbara after discovering discovering that she had been cheating on him She's a prostitute, bro. Yeah, what do you expect? Sorry. Oh my gosh. She herself, which is Robin, had been with both them on the night of the murder. They had been partying together while driving around the city, and at some point, the couple started arguing. Andy parked the car behind the abandoned factory, dragged, Dur- uh, not Doreen, whoa, dragged Barbara out and raped her. She cried for help, and then he proceeded to beat her first with his fist and then with a rock. Afterward, he drove off with Murphy which is Robin, leaving his bloodied girlfriend to quote-unquote crawl away on her own. (laughs) So, then everyone was questioning, well, why didn't Robin go to the police sooner? Mm Because, like, hello. Um, She claimed that Andy had threatened her as well with the same fate if she wouldn't talk to anybody. It was only after that he was behind bars that she felt safe enough to come forward with her story. So, it's obviously a testimony full of holes, but given his past history of violent sexual transgressions, it would be enough to put Andy away for the rest of his life. <laughs> All right. So even though the Barbara Raposa case and Doreen's case were nearly identical, right? Um, there was no real connection between the murders, not enough to do anything with. That's not true. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Doreen was basically ruled as, in, in Robin's words, Doreen had, there was no like, what's the word? <laughs> it wasn't personal with Doreen. Hers was just a Satan sacrifice, whereas right. um, Barbara's case was personal. Not a Satan, <laughs> not a sacrifice? <laughs> I guess not. Um, she <sighs> claimed that Doreen had left the coven with the intention of working as a prostitute on her own. However, you can't just walk away from a cult. <laughs> It doesn't work like that. Um, she claimed that Satan had a toll that needed to be paid. They basically tracked down. Is he a troll under a bridge now? A toll. I know. Have you never heard of that? You have to like pay the toll? Maybe. I don't know. Satan's okay. not a troll. I didn't call him a troll. <laughs> I think he did. Like a troll bridge where you have to yeah. pay the troll money to get. Yeah. I'm, I'm one I with like the sound, sound effects today. <laughs> I'm on it. Uh, so basically, after Doreen left, they tracked her down, shoved her in the car, and told her she couldn't afford to work the streets alone, backhanding her across the face. This is Carl doing this. Bam. Yeah. Carl. Carl. Oh. The leader. Got you. Yes. 
Um, and then they pulled behind the high school, drug her under the bleachers. Robin and another cult member were waiting in the car, claiming they heard no screams and saw absolutely nothing. The others got back in the car and they left. That was it. <laughs> no Doreen? No Doreen. All right. Um, so forensically, Robin's story didn't make sense because right. the murder of Doreen had been brutal. Right. <laughs> Being raped and tortured and stabbed. Yeah. They would have heard something. Right. <laughs> because, I mean, she had stabs and like just straight through her head. Ooh. So she would have said, she, they would have heard something. They she weren't far away. Something. <laughs> she would have screamed. <sighs> So Karen was also still talking to the police. I like Karen. She was a stitch, but I like her. Well, she did the right thing. That was me at work today. I got called out by another coworker because I snitched on somebody in the really? reading garden. They were smoking. Where, where You're not supposed snitching? to smoke on library property. They're outside. Anyways, that's so stupid. I hate that. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> Snitch. I don't care. You're not supposed to do it. Anyways. So Karen was still talking to the police as well. And she told them that Robin was just as much of the leader in the cult as Drew was. Exactly. So Robin, mother had, of Satan. That's what I called her earlier. Literally. <laughs> so Robin had instructed all those present to take part in the mutilation of both bodies. Um, oh my gosh. Members were under the impression that they were doing it for ritual purposes. Of police, which body? Huh? Of both. <laughs> oh, got you. Yeah. Everyone that was present at both those were okay. responsible for Yes. Something at the with the body. Yes. Um, for mutilating it. Um, police believe it was likely done to keep all members silenced because now they're all directly involved, involved with in it, the yeah. murder. So despite the information Karen had against Robin, Karen wasn't able to be used as a witness because of her drug use, her erratic behavior, and unwillingness to testify in court. Um, so her Bro. statements were basically just like rumors around the police station. They couldn't that's do great much with it. yeah why is she even talking still hey she's telling her story <laughs> not legally <laughs> such a hater <laughs> it's also noted that her paranoia was so intense that she became too unstable is she gonna kill herself will you let me tell the story <laughs> by her last interview she was on the verge of a manic break Due to the fear that she was the next one to be sacrificed, she was reported missing on February 9th, 1980. So. All right. (laughs) Third murder. Okay. So two months later, while clearing um, a parcel of land near Delville Pond, which was in a nearby town. Right. um, Not super important where it was. um, Basically, a man stumbles across the top half of a human skull. Calls the authorities. Just the top half? Just a chunk of the top. Not even the whole top, just a chunk of the top of her head. So not like... <laughs> in my head, have you, you... Nightmare Before Christmas, you know how the one, the Sally's dad, his head comes up? Yeah. I'm thinking that top part of his head. Take that and then like break a chunk off. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. It was like a chunk of her head. <laughs> um... Okay. So police arrive on the scene and conduct a more detailed search of the area. Of Karen's head? Yes. Okay. Um, they found decaying carcasses of three different cats. Oh. They found sheep bones and clumps of human hair. All right. So they also and found- a, This is land that this guy's clearing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the neighboring town over. Okay. Um, so they also find some jewelry, um, a high-heeled shoe, and pieces of a woman's sweater. All right. So forensics figure out that the skull belonged to Karen. <laughs> It was her head. <laughs> a piece of it. A piece of it. Um, that's all they ever find of her body. I'm telling you, they ate her. <laughs> no, they didn't eat her. Where are the bones? bones? I don't they ground know. them up and they made bread. <laughs> I don't know. Can you do that? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so either. But you sounded so sure of it. It's like, like a children's thing. 
Huh? Grinding out bones? <laughs> Are you serious? Like Jack and the Beanstalk, isn't it? No, babe. <laughs> I think, I think there's so. some. Cho- <laughs> let me let me get my computer back out. <laughs> it is. It's some sort of children's thing. It is from Jack and the Beanstalk. Really? Fee-fi-fo-fum. I spell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. I've never heard I of that. I was right. Huh? Never heard that? I've heard like Jack and the Beanstalk, but like not of that. Because <laughs> he was angry. All right. Because Jack was coming up to... St- anyway, continue. <laughs> we won't get into the <laughs> lore. So, so soon after, a woman named Maureen contacted the police and named Robin as the killer of Karen. <laughs> Um, claiming that quote unquote the inner cult killings had gone too far now <laughs> as of now's the breaking point anyways so Maureen she's new to the story we don't know who she is yet basically she was a former prostitute um, who was known to host several satanic gatherings in her home <laughs> all right she was like she was she like said, I'll make I'll make the rice crispy treats tonight guys no literally she was like the mother figure um, she was like the mother figure to all these young prostitutes and runaways and drug users. Aw, she's a den mother. Aw? She's taking care of them. I don't know. I think she's enabling them. <laughs> she's making them soup. Um, she also was Robin's ex-lover. Whoa. So, the plot thickens. Um, according to Marie- Wasn't Karen supposed to be a lover of Robin? You'll notice that. Robin wants all of them. <laughs> She said, give me the bones. She said, give me them all. So according to Maureen, Robin had admitted to the murderer during a phone call. So Carol, who was a cult member mentioned earlier. Right. Because she's the one that took him out to the forest. Right. Yeah. Um, Carol came forward pointing the finger at Robin and Carl Drew for the murder of Karen. Um, she mentioned there was another man present at the murder, which was Drew's friend, Carl Alan. Davis. Why are they? Now we have two Carls. We got Drew and Davis. Carl D and Carl D. Literally. <laughs> there is no keeping up straight. No, for real. Um, so Robin was currently under witness protection at this time. <laughs> because she was supposed to be helping. What Remember? a pansy. Uh, you're right. No, I agree. I don't she like Robin. She did all this and then she scooted? She left. She took off. I'm, I'm staying with a friend now she's in Dallas, like, Texas. She's like, oh, you can't just leave the cult like that. But I'm going to leave the cult. I'm in charge. Hello? <laughs> So On she what did, planet? She left and went to Dallas, Texas, stay with a friend while um, waiting for Andy to go to trial. So following Maureen's phone call, a warrant was instantly issued for Robin's arrest and she was brought back to Fall River. <sighs> Carl Drew and Carl Davis were also placed in custody. Both men were already in jail at this time, for serving time for different assault charges unrelated to the cult. <laughs> cool. Isn't that crazy? Yep. So Robin claims that she was forced to drag Karen from the car and rip her hair out. Uh, the four. Which there are- is no way you bring yourself <laughs> to rip someone's hair out. Crazy, right? That's gonna hurt so bad. Yeah, there's no way. Ouch. Right. Um. So the four, which would be Carl Drew, yes, Carl Davis, yes, Carol and Robin. Yeah, they're all. Um, they were all there. Karen is dead. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Karen is dead. I was like, you said Carol. No, Carol. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You're confusing me. I I zoned Karen out for five seconds and I was trying to catch myself <laughs> okay. back up. So Drew Davis, Carol, and Robin. Yes. Um, they did a ritual stoning after Robin ripped her hair out. Drew then, this is where, okay, if anyone's listening and you're like squeamish, jump ahead a minute because this is where it gets kind of uh, gory. Um, so Drew then cuts off one of Karen's fingers oh. to make her feel pain 
and then breaks her neck with his bare hands. Robin claims that she was in a trance-like state. How do you do that? <laughs> Sorry. It gets so much more. Bam! No, you're done. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Robin claims that she was in a trance-like state and followed Drew's directions yeah, of you're sitting. probably on drugs, bro. Well, they all were, of course. She slits <sighs> Karen's throat and She's... then the two men tear her head off and kick it around in the woods. Oh. <laughs> Played soccer <laughs> with her head. With... What, what is Karen's going on? head? Um, Drew then carves an X into Karen's torso and begins to speak in tongues, offering the girl's soul to Satan. He then dipped his thumb into her blood and made an X on Robin's forehead. Robin was then instructed to perform oral sex on the decapitated head of Karen. And then finally they doused it in gasoline, lit it on fire and left it in the woods to burn before they left. How do you perform oral sex on a head? If you're not a man, I don't know. I don't either. All right. <laughs> Gasoline on the head, lit it on fire. Yeah. And then they took off. So <laughs> two detectives. Where, okay. Where did that, where did that happen? That was in the forest. On that parcel of land where the bone was found. How did her skull? That isn't. Yeah. That's a good question. That's what I'm saying. Unless it there was. In, I mean, unless they're in the woods where. Maybe it was. Well, the hunter found it so maybe he was in the woods on that parcel of land okay it was a hunter who found it okay. it was just in the neighboring town a different forest That's what i'm saying but are they there i'm assuming they're on that parcel of land yes but they just that still doesn't make sense how that's the only part of their her head that they found well there's probably more details caitlin that they don't tell us i don't know <laughs> continue so two detectives at one point were able to witness a cult gathering which just, I thought was crazy. Did a hideout? <laughs> Pretty much. I would crap my pants. So the group would chant things, quote unquote, we pray to Satan, we chant, we try to conjure him. I'm so, I was so scared earlier. I was like, if I said it out loud, is something going to happen to me? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so but scared. yeah, you play with the Ouija yeah. board. Hey, you're nuts. It's different. It's not. It is. It's not. I'm not calling Satan You're to conjuring me. up stuff. So they could be good ghost. Or they could be literal demons. I'm willing to take that chance. But not to say something that... You're, it's, it's Satan, Caitlin. They're demons, Sarah. It's different. It's not. They work for him. It's different. Oh my gosh. Um, and of course they would chant the popular like "Hail Satan" situation. So. Yeah. Um, and they would do all this while standing in a big circle together, staring yeah. at each other. They have um, outfits like specific outfits on. They never said. Hmm. I assumed like robes, but that's what I figured. But maybe we're just. I think we're stereotypical, like stereotyping them yeah thank you for the yeah all right well i wanted to bring up the kkk but i refrained i thought about that earlier too and i was like i don't think we should get into that <laughs> no not today nope um so the place where the meeting was held was um once okay so the place where this specific meeting was held was in an apartment that had a huge painting of satan up on the wall how did they see this I don't they, know if it was in an apartment. I don't know, but two detectives witnessed this whole thing. This is their first they went in. <laughs> Literally, they were a part of it for sure. They were undercover. It was actually they're like in inducing yeah. them to the cult. There you go. They're um, in the middle of the circle. Exactly. Can you imagine how no. scary? <laughs> no. Um, so again, there's this big painting of Satan up on the wall. Members would fall unconscious. Others quoted saying, Satan appears in a form where we feel his presence or he takes possession of one of us. You can tell when Satan is here. 
Some people even let him speak through them in his own language. It isn't human speech. There's no way anyone on earth could fake it. Fair enough. So Carl Drew was even quoted saying to the police, I worship him like you worship your God. I thought it was just weird. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so blood sacrifices were seen as an important part of the rituals. They quote unquote killed every 30 days or so um, or specifically on a full moon. It was always a ritual that they offer the victim as a sacrifice to Satan. So the forest mentioned earlier, the original forest was actually Freetown State Forest where um, a majority of the cult meetings took place. <laughs> and again, like I mentioned earlier, it's a hotspot for yeah. Satanist. It has like its own dark history. All right. Um, it's believed that it's 5,000 Laker- Lakers. <laughs> it's believed that it's 5,000 acres are cursed and is known to be a hotspot for paranormal activity as well, which is why they believe it draws. I believe it if they keep murdering people there. Cults there. <laughs> a lot of energy there. I'd like to see that forest one day. We're not going there when we go up there. <laughs> it could be cool. It's history. We're going to get killed. No, we're not. I'll have my dad with me. <laughs> I don't think Randy, I love him, but he doesn't stand a chance against the cult, dude. You don't think so? I think both of our dads stand a chance. <laughs> I don't know about Randy. He was almost in heck? a cult. What do you mean? Because I think he'd be like, oh yeah, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's surviving, is it not? Sorry, if I'm going to be dead or in a cult, I'm choosing dead. I'll figure it out. <laughs> oh my gosh. So while searching this forest, a little shack was then found, which people believed um, belonged to the cult where they would prepare for the rituals. You think it's still there? Probably. I'd like to go find out. Okay. <laughs> um, this forest would continue to be used for cult meetings to this day. Yeah, we're um, not going to that forest, dude. I, just, I like to just see the outside. <laughs> no, because the thing is, is we would go and end up there late because we got... And we would end up stumbling upon a, a satanic cult. My dad's found a dead body. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> you imagine, though, being in the woods and be like walking out to the car, back to the car... And then suddenly stumbling upon a cult, they're in a freaking circle with a fire in the middle of it. You turn, take and it off, bro. Branch snaps, and they turn slowly and look at you, crapping my pants. That's what I'm saying. There's so no you go way. The day. Huh? You go during the day. <sighs> Anyways, this forest would continue to be used for cult meetings and rituals. Um, Long after all these trials. Right. In November of 1988, so almost a decade later, a hidden bunker was discovered by a hunter who then what contacted the authorities. Yeah. Found inside was dolls with their eyes gouged out, animal bones, a rusted butcher knife, and tattered children's clothing. That same year, a dozen calves were found mutilated in the forest oh. and the corpse of Elizabeth Gregory, who was buried in a remote forest cemetery in 1868, was dug up from her grave and taken to this forest. Cult activity was was suspected in all three cases. What? <laughs> that crazy? What does Elizabeth Gregory have to do with this? Because that's whose body was but there. But what did she do? I don't know what she did. Think she was part of the Salem witch trials? Maybe. No, that's too far. I don't know what Salem Witch Trials were. I think it's too far. I think so too. Huh. But yeah, they dug her up and took her to those forest. I wonder if she had, she must have had connections somehow. Something. She had, they didn't. Maybe just, she was a random pick. I don't think so. Maybe. I think they went to the library and did some research on her and then you came back. You think the cult decided to get together and go to the library for Not the night? Not all of them. <laughs> they sent out the nerdy looking one that looks like he's supposed to be there. Andy. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Um, so the court case of Andy, Carl, Robin, and Carl number two. That's yep. what I call him. Dennis. Do Davis. Davis. I'm close. Dewey. <laughs> Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so their cases blew up in the media. People were absolutely fascinated. Fascinated. <laughs> People were absolutely fascinated and terrified of the whole satanic aspect being of the case. So everyone believed that the four on trial were only the tip of the iceberg. That there was a huge group of others that hadn't been caught, um, leaving everybody terrified. There was still an active satanic cult Just running around there. Fall River. They lived there. Move. <laughs> Stop packing up and get out. Literally. Um, so Andy was the first to stand trial. And in January of 1981, he was convicted in the first degree murder of Barbara and given a life sentence without the possibility of parole. All right. Is he still alive? Let me get there. My bad. <laughs> you do this every time. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> Much of the case against him was based on the witness testimony of Robin. He was later considered to be a suspect in a few other unsolved area rapes dating back to the early 1970s, but no additional charges were ever brought against him. And then he eventually died of cancer in 1998. Well, that answers your the question. The universe got back at him. Well, yep. We all died at some point. He so, would have lived longer, though, if he hadn't had cancer. You're right. World got back at him. Karma. All right. <laughs> So due to the media, it was impossible to hold a fair trial for Robin Drew and Davis in Fall Rivers because everybody <laughs> knew about it. So they moved the case over to Fitchburg, Massachusetts, which was a neighboring neighboring town. Yeah. Um, so Robin Murphy's lawyer convinced the court that his young client had been, quote unquote, under the powerful influence of the satanic cult at the time of the Karen murders. No. Allowing her to plea to the lesser charge of a second degree murder in exchange for a testimony against co-defendants. Additionally, the immunity deal she struck up with district attorney's office held and she received no additional charges in connection with either of the other two murders. So what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Murphy received a life sentence with the possibility of parole. And after spending 24 years behind bars, she was released on June 10th, 2004. Um, I was like, that was crazy. Legit. Um, however, she violated her parole conditions and was returned to prison seven years later. And she's currently serving her time in a maximum security prison in Massachusetts. So I don't know what she did the second time, but it was pretty bad. Um, you so, had to go to maximum security. Exactly. Girl. Oh my God. So she, she did her time. Guarantee you she ended up back in the cult Maybe. and they just didn't tell anybody because they didn't want it in the media again. Again, back with the government conspiracy. I don't believe in that. I do. I don't. <laughs> You're crazy for that. Um, so Carl Davis, his case completely fell apart. <laughs> he never stood trial. Is this the original Carl? No, this was the second this Carl. Second the Carl. friend okay. Carl, yeah. Um, he never stood trial for his alleged role in the abduction or ritual slaughter of Karen. However, the following year, he was arrested for assaulting Sonny, who was another member of the cult. Bro. With a deadly weapon. Allegedly, again, there's no like... The police never came out and said this. This was allegedly from another cult member. Davis um, beat the three-month pregnant woman and stabbed her in the head with a knife because she had information implicating both him and Robin in the Karen murder. He served seven years and he's now walking free. <laughs> so, not <laughs> crazy? She had information on it. He said, I'll stab you. violent against her. Yeah. Obviously, he was in on it. Exactly. Gosh. So, Carl Drew, which was the original Carl of the story... He would the go, ring leader. Yeah. The, the man. The man with the legend. Yeah. <laughs> he would go down as the guiding hand of the Fall River cult murders. Right. He was still pinned as that, even though Robin was pretty much 
just doing the same thing he was. Right. It's fine, I guess. She's a woman. She's a woman. You're right. <laughs> She's just a girl. Yeah. Um, so through numerous character witnesses, it was pretty well established that he was the man who feared. Wait. It was pretty well established that he was the man who was feared. It was pretty well established that he was the man who was feared by everyone around him. Um, he had a felony record with past convictions for assault, weapon possession, and armed robbery. Um, Robin's testimony painted him as violent um, and a sadistic, mm-hmm. sadistic, sadistic. Okay, and a sadistic killer who acted as the ringleader in these ghastly murders. Um, and the jury believed her. <laughs> they said, "You're right. He did it." Further damning testimony came from his ex-girlfriend, a woman named Leah Johnson, who claimed that Drew admitted to her that he had quote unquote killed a girl along with Davis Murphy and another woman who we assume is Carol mm-hmm. um, while under the influence of drugs. He also allegedly gave Johnson a diamond ring that used to belong to Karen. Bro, what that crazy? <laughs> so despite his claim of innocence, which he still claims, <laughs> oh my gosh, Drew was convicted of the first degree murder of Karen and is serving a life sentence and... Whoa. and is serving a life sentence at the Massachusetts Ma- my brain's shutting off <laughs> and is serving a life sentence at the Massachusetts Correctional Institute in Shirley, Massachusetts with no possibility of parole. He has filed numerous appeals over the years seeking a new trial. His most recent and final was the 9 2006 and Drew's supporters are currently petitioning for the Massachusetts governor to review his case. No, dude. Supporters. <laughs> yeah, because they're cult I mean, members. The cult members? Yes. <laughs> um, so the case involving Doreen never went to trial, <laughs> which I find crazy. That's insane. The district attorney claimed that it would be costly um, and in best case scenario, simply result in a second life sentence for Carl. Okay, good. Literally. Sorry, but if I was her family, I get like she was a prostitute and didn't really have family, but like. She ran away from home. Justice. <laughs> Justice needs to be served. <laughs> so all charges against Drew and Willie Smith, who was supposedly um, assisting in the murder. He came out of nowhere. I don't yeah, know. no legit. Yeah. All the charges against both of them were quietly dropped and never talked about again. That's a friend? Yes. It's... No. Carl Drew was the original Carl. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this is for the first the For, first for Doreen, yes. Okay. Um, there were no plans to reopen the case ever so they just kind of oh, like let it be said, nah, we don't really know yeah she's a prostitute we don't care <laughs> moving on so robin went back then on all of her testimony <laughs> and hopes of getting a new trial um her last quote was saying i believe carl drew was guilty of killing karen and many many other women in the area i believe he belongs in jail but i also knew justice was not taking place so i made up the entire story she claimed that she was not actually present for the raposa murder which was barbara Okay. Um, he, she was not present for Barbara's murder and admitted to fabricating the testimony that led to Andy's conviction um, as retribution for sexually abusing her because it was believed, according to her, that he had been molesting her since she was 11 years old. Okay, well, she keeps flip-flopping. That's so what I'm like, saying. I can't believe you if you keep changing your story. No, legit. Tell the truth once and get over it. So... Other cult members followed her lead and made claims that police had fed them answers or pressed them into making untrue statements. <sighs> There's a rumor that this cult never existed. <laughs> that this was all made up by the media, which I think is. Which may also be why you had such a hard time finding stuff. Bonkers, dude. Bonkers. It was basically the theory is that it was simply a product of 
the satanic panic era made up entirely by the police and tabloid media to sensationalize the grisly sayings of three young prostitutes who may or may not have dabbled in the occult and connected them in a way that would capture the public's imagination. So Carl Drew himself, which was the original Carl, denies ever being involved in such a such a group. <laughs> he was quote unquote thrown into the middle of a mass nightmare that involved that involved accusations of devil worship and human sacrifice. Drew claims in an autobiographical retelling of the, of the case, totally off the wall accusations that was right out of some thriller novel. Not true as far as I was involved and nothing like what was being said. Many believers in the cult, um, oh, many believe the cult is still active in that area. Um, murders have been found in the area with similar traits along with, uh, along with that, some of the murders come off as sacrificial and crosses are left near the bodies. Um, this investigation was huge, not really because of who the victims were, but because of the whole satanic panic thing. Yeah. Um, and this would actually become the biggest case to come from the Fall River area since Lizzie Borden. What the heck? Isn't that crazy? It was all over the place, dude. Legit. It was so much research. I love that there's like, um, it might've been a fake cult. Literally. I read the whole thing and I got to the end and they said, this was actually all rumor. And I said, what do you mean? You're just going to... They testified. I said, what are you talking about? I think it's crazy. That's insane, dude. I know. Never heard of that. Me neither. And I like Fall River. I like reading up on Fall River. What's going on up there? I don't know anything about Massachusetts. I do. Um, it's... it's. They got some spooky it's where stuff. Louisa May Alcott was at one point. Yeah. That's about all I know. It's got some history. And it's got some murder. Yep. So... What the heck? That's that a good is one. The Cult of Fall River. That was a long one. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there we have it. That's, that's two cases. That's the two cases. The two for this episode. Two cults. Awfully different. <laughs> yeah. I really thought there was gonna be a lot more overlap than there was. Charles Manson was our only connecting uh Yeah. <laughs> In satanic panic. <laughs> yes. But no. Quite a quite a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay anyways that's it that's episode number four four yes yes don't know what our next theme is gonna be but don't know we usually just we usually figure it out the day before <laughs> come up with it yeah so thanks for listening yep and like always stay alert stay safe and stay, stay alive, alive.